Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, and today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Fairhaven Health sells the wildly popular milk saver that has moms raving about how much milk they are collecting by simply collecting their leaking breast milk. And we'll hear more about the milk saver later on, but right now, Diane has our review of the week. I do. This comes from, I have to put my glasses on so I can see. Okay. 710 Goose. Y'all are my new best friends, which I need that, by the way. So her actual name is Candace, and she says, I'm currently on maternity leave with my second child. I'm from an area that is luckily very pro-breastfeeding in Athens, Georgia. However, with my first, I made the mistake of not recognizing that my two biggest supporters, my husband and my mom, were uneducated in regards to breastfeeding. As such, I ended up allowing myself to be bullied into giving formula because he was still hungry In hindsight, I realized he wasn't hungry. He was a baby. Babies cry. I gave up on breastfeeding him, but I vowed to not to do that with my daughter. I am now two months strong on our breastfeeding journey with with a freezer stash for my return to work. Your podcast has given me the knowledge and strength to stop the bullying in its tracks. Keep on with the wisdom and the advice. Thank you, Candace. Thank you, Candace. Right on. Yeah, good for you. I know. It's awesome. And I. It's so hard when people around you have the wrong information, but they're so pushy with it. Yeah. Just going against what you want. And it's, oh, it's, you just feel so overwhelmed and just, it's awful. Yeah, and unvalidated Mm -hmm. and just. And I picked that one today. Well, as we get into like our, you know, our episode and stuff, you'll see how it kind of correlates, but. We're going to give you some more ammunition today to just like fight off those people and be able to inform them of what they need to know. But it is really, really hard, especially when it's your first baby. I mean, now she said with my second, now I know better and, you know, this is it. But a lot of times with your first, you're just kind of like out there figuring it out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and I, I, people mean well for the most part, but they don't know. So... It's okay for you to say, well, I'll figure this out for myself. Like you're going to let your baby starve. I don't know why anybody thinks that's going to happen. Right. (laughs) So send us reviews. We love them. So iTunes is great for us because it helps with our podcast and stuff like that. But um, we love to hear what you think all the time. So you can, if you can't do iTunes, then you can always send us something through Instagram or through our podcast um, website badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. We get those messages too. And we'd love to hear from you and, and hear all the stories and see what works for you. So thank you very much. Congratulations, you. Candace. You did awesome. Yep. And today we're going to talk about something that I think is, is a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. And no, I think I, it's I, one of those really important things to know because it kind of changes. It kind of changes everything when you start to learn that. It is really something that I think is so um, hidden, like nobody realizes that this is a thing. And it really is an important piece of your breastfeeding journey. And I think it's something that everybody should know about going in, you know, that that it's important. Um, It is, uh, you know, storage, breast storage capacity, that is really a thing. Right. How many people knew that different people can actually hold different amounts of milk in their boob? Almost nobody knows that. No. I never would have thought about that. Oh, my God. No. Not at all. And one of the cool things is, like, a lot of people think, you know, 
maybe not as much anymore, but we've done this in the myths that, oh, if you have small breasts, you can't breastfeed. Right. right. Did we do that right. in myths? I hope we did because. Oh, probably. Yeah. We'll do more myths. Yeah, we will definitely do more myths because they're so fun. But um, that is actually, you know, very untrue. And it really doesn't matter how big your breast is. It really matters about your storage capacity. And the cool thing with the storage capacity is it doesn't matter if you have small storage capacity or large storage capacity, you can still breastfeed your baby. So what we're talking about with this is the amount of milk your breast can store. So some women have a larger storage capacity of the breast. And this isn't something that you're going to know, like, you know, before you have your babies. You're not going to go, oh, I'm a size 36C, so I'm going to have this kind right, of storage Right, it's not capacity. correlated like that. It's not at all. It just depends on, you know, how much room is in the breast. I have had some moms who were very, very small chested that made huge amounts of milk. And that was just they had a larger storage capacity. Mm-hmm. And then some mothers, maybe if they were bigger breasted, maybe they had more fatty tissue, which crowded out that storage capacity and, and mm-hmm. there was less storage capacity. So listen, storage capacity capacity does not equal milk supply. Storage capacity is simply how much milk your breast holds at one time. Your baby drinks it and it fills up again. Yes, it is not... You have um, a very full, healthy milk supply with a low storage capacity. Yeah, it doesn't. Or a high storage matter. capacity. It's totally unrelated. So I'm going to read the thing from Kelly Mom, and then we're going to talk about a couple other things with it, too. But okay. um, And then we've got a great, um, we're going to put it on the website. Um, Nancy Moorbacher has a great visual of storage capacity for the breast. And it is, it's really great. So we'll talk about that, too, and then we'll put the visual up on the um wherever Abby puts all her magical stuff. But, <laughs> BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. Yeah. <laughs> so what Kelly That's Mom, where the magic happens, That baby. is where all the magic happens. So what Kelly Mom says about storage capacity is um, another factor that affects milk production and breastfeeding management. She called breastfeeding management, I think that's a great way to, um, to call it, is mom's milk storage capacity. Storage capacity is the amount of milk that the breast can store between feedings. This can vary widely from mom to mom and also between breasts for the same mom. Storage capacity is not determined by breast size, although breast size can certainly limit the amount of milk that can be stored. Moms with large or small storage capacities can produce plenty of milk for a baby. A mother with a larger milk storage capacity may be able to go longer between feedings without impacting milk supply and baby's growth. A mother with a smaller storage capacity, however, will need to nurse the baby more often to satisfy baby's appetite and maintain milk supply since her breasts will become full more quickly. So she also says here, think of storage capacity as a cup. You can easily drink a large amount of water throughout the day using any size cup, a small cup, medium or a large. But if you use a smaller cup, you will refill it more often. Oh, my God. That's just OK. That was perfect. Yeah, it is. It's perfect. I'm like, how are we going to explain this simply right there? Yeah. That's that was ex- perfect. Exactly. Your baby's drinking from a cup. Yeah. If you have a larger cup, your baby will probably drink less frequently. If you have a small cup, your baby's going to be drinking a lot. So this is and where... And no matter what, it's going to feel like your baby's drinking a lot. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But this is where we get those situations. Like maybe like how our review of the week, Candace, maybe with her first baby, her baby was... She was putting to the breast frequently and people said, oh, he's still hungry. He's still hungry. He's still hungry. And I don't know if that's the situation, but I'm just throwing it out there. Mm -hmm. it could be that she had a smaller breast 
storage capacity and he just needed to eat more frequently. It didn't mean that because he was eating more frequently, she wasn't making enough milk. No, he's just eating more frequently. Right. That is the message that is being put out there in society. It is like, it really is like, if you think about it, if we just assume every baby should eat a specific way, every baby should eat this many times a day, every baby should take this much milk, like basically we are putting every baby in a cookie cutter and every woman in a cookie cutter and saying everybody is the same. We're like, all of a sudden you have a child and we're all Stepford wives, right? Like we're all just, everybody is exactly the same. We make the same milk. We hold the same amount of milk. The baby takes the same amount of milk. No, everybody is different. Everybody is different. So it's, it just, this is why sometimes like the books and things like that, when you read before you have your baby and you say, oh, my baby should eat this many times. My baby should do this. Oh, your baby's four months old. They should be only feeding this many times and not through the night. No, that is not true. That is not true. It really is based on how much milk your your breast is holding. Yeah. I mean, if you're like they say, oh, your baby should be eating every two hours. That's great for somebody who's got like two hours milk storage capacity. But if you don't, your your baby's not your baby's going to eat more frequently. Right. And it's not doesn't mean that you don't have enough milk. Now, the other um, what, if you were on the other end of it where you have a, a larger breast capacity storage you're going to have one of those babies that is, and I have, you know, I have people right now that are going through this and question it because it's not what people are saying should be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe you have the baby that at six, eight weeks old is sleeping longer stretches and going longer during the day and feeds very quickly. You know, like mm-hmm. that might be your situation. And you're questioning it because everybody's saying to you, Oh, no, your baby's too young to be doing that. They should be up feeding. They should be up feeding. But why are we trying to question it when this is working? If that's working, then that's what's working for that mother and baby. Well, and you can't control your storage capacity. No, you can't. That just is a thing. Your baby's going to either need to eat more frequently or less frequently or whatever. Your baby's going to drink the milk that's in your breast. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you could do about it. You can't like, you just can't change it. No. How do I increase my storage capacity? Like, that's going to be the next thing. No, I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just the way your your body is built. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what we really want everybody to know. If your baby, because some people will email, like, right? They'll say, my friend's baby eats every three hours, and I feel like I'm feeding my baby every hour and a half. What's Mm -hmm. wrong? Am I just not making enough milk? No, you're making enough milk. That has nothing to do with it. Your baby just eats more frequently. Your baby just eats more frequently. But we have this thing in our head that we need to... Our baby should only be eating every three hours and that's it. Anything more than that means you have a starving baby and you're not making enough milk. Well, you know, and think about like even as adults and we have control over this. Your baby doesn't. But you think about like the debate between three big meals a day or eight small meals a day. You know, like what's better for your body? What do like what works for some people doesn't work for other people? Like some people just can't eat three meals a day. They can't fit all that food in them. I could eat eight large meals a day. But. Oh, God, I could just eat <laughs> snack. Just let me snack But I mean, you know, it's not that if you, at the end of the day, you ate the same amount of food, whether you ate it like in larger amounts or you spread it out. It's right. like, and I think that's why also too with these, I really think it's interesting when you do the weighed feedings, you know, you weigh the baby first and then you feed and then you weigh them after and you see how much milk they got. Mm-hmm. 
That's interesting, but it's not always reliable No information to have. Right. And I always tell moms, like, when I do that, I'm like, it gives us a little bit of an idea of what's going on. Like, it's not yeah. an exact science, but it does kind of help in ways that it's, like, I can't explain in this podcast. Right. Because but it's I mean, you, thing, had, but- you, had a pay- you had a client, like, this week, I think, or last week or something, whose baby took four ounces. Oh, my God. I, That's my more than exploded. you would expect, right? Right, right. And then, but then you have somebody who's going to know that, and then somebody's baby took an ounce and a half or two ounces. And also, this depends on the time of day. Oh my gosh. It depends on all kinds of things that how much milk is in there. And that's not, it's not, that one weighed feeding is not going to give you all that much information. Now, if you, if you, if you did weighed feedings throughout the entire day, those two babies would probably have had pretty much the same amount of milk. Mm hmm. You know, but one baby ate more frequently and one baby ate bigger meals less, less frequently. Right. But they got the same amount. One of my, um, one of my friends who, her baby, she said I could talk about her on the air. I asked her yesterday. Can I talk about you? Do we have to, do we need permission? (laughs) I figure if I don't say their name, I don't need permission. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to use her name. I told her I would like give her a fancy persona like Scarlet or something. And she was just like, no, you can totally use me. But um, so my friend Claire, she's this amazing mama, but her third baby, um, I was more involved with her with and who is now like a year and a half, her third baby, she's hilarious, but she just constantly would be putting her on the boob. And it was just like very normal, like we'd be sitting in breastfeeding group and, you know, the baby would go on and she would nurse her for a few minutes and then, you know, that'd be it. She'd be done and she'd be, you know, just chatting away. And then a few minutes later, just pop her back out. And she was like, I, I just, I have small storage. I really come to the conclusion that I just have a smaller storage capacity and that's it. She's like, you know, I just, everybody wanted like, oh, you're always feeding her or whatever. She goes, I really just think I have a smaller storage capacity. And this can happen. This is a really, we had a, a big discussion about this once in our breastfeeding group about, um, like breast reduction surgery. And if you are getting breast tissue removed from your breast, if you did that at some point in your life, before kids, after kids, whatever, I mean, but a lot of people get it done before kids. Like it's probably will affect the storage capacity. for. I mean, they're moving, removing breast tissue. Right. So like that, but when that people, you can still breastfeed. Yes. And, when and you can still say, have a full milk supply. Right. And when people say, oh, well, you know, you're probably not making your baby's feeding all the time. You had breast reduction surgery. You're probably not making enough milk. It's like, no, you probably have a smaller <sighs> breast capacity. You probably have right. a smaller storage capacity than the person who did not have that. But see, the, and now this um, infographic that we're going to put up from Nancy Moorbacher, it gives great information. But one of the things she says here, too, if fed on cue... Babies can thrive with any storage capacity. Yeah, that's a that's the key, right? Is right. breastfeeding on demand? Right. Not trying not trying to control it. Not trying to put him on a schedule. Your baby knows, and your breasts know. Right. Just let them do their thing. Let them have their relationship. Stay out of it. <laughs> Try to stay out of it, <laughs> and <laughs> let your baby, you know, put them to the breast as much as possible. And also, then we get it, and then we get into things like breastfeeding is more than food. You know, it's a place for comfort and security. And sometimes they're not feeding. They're just sitting there. Just let all of that happen. Right. It's fine. You know, if you just let it all happen without interfering, your baby will make sure you have a full milk supply no matter the size of the storage capacity. 
Sometimes I really need to like take a really deep breath and like step back from my, you know, from stuff for a minute. When I get those messages that say, is my baby in, in that pattern where they just want to feed or they're just l- latching to go to sleep or uh-huh. they're just latching for comfort? I using don't me start, as a pacifier. Using me as a pacifier and I don't want to start bad habits. Uh-huh. And I remember having a mom asking me that and the baby was like a week and a half old or something. And I'm like, starting bad habits? Like, is that when it happens at a week old? Because that's... No, yeah, that comes way later after you've already f***ed them up. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that is nothing. And they start smoking or like whatever, however they deal with it. Like that comes way later. Yeah, that's way later. But that is really this is what our society has put out there. That if your baby is feeding more than these magical eight times a day that they say your baby should be eating and only once during the night, then your baby is either totally (laughs) screwing you over. And using you as a pacifier and only, you know, just not really feeding or you don't have enough milk. Like, this is what yeah. our society's done. It's totally damaged the idea of the nursing of the babies. And that's not how it is. At no, all. and you can actually you can actually minimize, you know, bad habits and, you know, um, emotional, psychological issues later on in life by meeting their needs and breastfeeding right. on demand and keeping them close and ignoring all of that garbage about how you know you're creating bad habits or you're creating um you know they're not going to be independent or you know stuff that that people say like that you know you can ward a lot of that off or just breastfeeding. i mean not all of it because you know everyone's destined to be a little screwed up but you can give your child a healthier life by meeting their needs from the get-go Right. And ignoring all of that. You can't spoil a baby. It's impossible. But it's impossible. Right. And when we and, when we go when we start ignoring our baby's needs and start listening to what society tells us your baby's needs should be, I think that's our first big downfall. Right. Yeah. And it really yep. it's hard, but this is this little stuff like breast capacity, breast storage capacity. This is the little things that you do not hear from your pediatrician from your ob exactly from your you know you don't hear these things from them from your mom from your you know your mother-in-law your whatever your husband your partner any of those people they are not educated on breast storage capacity right and this could be the key Mm -hmm. some of you might be sitting there right now going oh my god like you know, ever yeah. my baby, I don't understand. I thought I had low milk supply. My baby nurses all the time. Seems fussy. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, but they're gaining weight. They seem fine. I don't understand. You know, I must have, there must be all these things wrong. And hopefully somebody right now is going, oh my God, I bet I have like a lower milk storage capacity. Like a smaller storage capacity. Smaller storage yeah. capacity, yeah. And, you know, that's, yeah, you do. Your baby just eats more frequently. That's why they're growing and that's why they're fine. Yeah. And they're fussy because they're a baby. Don't get me started with that. No. And we'll talk more about that after we hear from our sponsor because I'm going to talk a little bit about the pumping aspect with this too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Milk Saver collects your leaking breast milk as you nurse or pump. 
allowing you to store extra breast milk effortlessly with each feeding. Simply slide the milk saver into your bra or your tank top on the non-nursing side. The milk saver collects the breast milk that is leaked when your breast milk lets down. Then simply transfer the milk into a storage bag. The milk saver holds a little over two ounces of breast milk, and people are constantly shocked at how much milk they are leaking, and we're losing to a breast pad. People are reporting that they are collecting several ounces a day and sometimes a whole day's worth of breast milk. It's common to think that you're just leaking a few drops, but when that leaking milk is collected throughout the day, it adds up to a lot of milk. It's comfortable, durable, and reusable, and has a protective lid and prevents spills. Check out the Milk Saver at Fairhaven Health. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com. And you can use promo code BADASS for 10% off of your purchase. And I would also like to mention that on the Badass Breastfeeder Facebook page and the Badass Breastfeeder Instagram page, we are currently running giveaways for the Milk Saver, the Milk Saver on the go, and the Milk Trays which hopefully you've heard me talk about all those here. They're awesome. If you go to the, yeah, if you go to the Facebook, you can enter on Facebook and Instagram. Go there. They're little like one minute videos. I'm just showing you like what they are and you just comment and enter. Um, There's three different ones. So you got to kind of scroll back and look for them. But enter and you might win one. And uh, so these sponsor links and the promo codes um, can all be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, that magical website we told you about, yes. um, along with all of our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, as well as show notes, where you'll be able to find all the stuff that we're talking about today. And you can find information about scheduling your lactation consultation with Diane. And we have a breastfeeding tip of the week, which I forgot to pull up, so... um. I should be able to do that yeah, very while, quickly. While you're doing that, I will say that, like, right now, while we're going through this crazy, like, COVID virus thing, the virtual lactation consultations are working very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. They, because, yeah, you need that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't realize, like, well, if we can't be hands-on, how is that going to work? I mean, I can... I'm able to like see what the baby is doing. I'm able to answer questions. I'm able to help you do, you know, positioning and latching. And it really is a very, very effective way during this time frame. It's not perfect, but nothing right now is. So I don't want any mom out there to feel like they can't have, you know, lactation education and, you know, a face-to-face consultation just because, you can't see somebody in person. So we can do a lot through video. So just kind of keep that in mind that if you are struggling right now, but you can't go to your doctor's office where they have somebody or whatever, we can do video consults and it is really helpful. Yeah. So head to the website and you can sign up for um, your consultation with Diane. Yeah. It is. It's really good. And sometimes your insurance will cover it or, you know, whatever. But I could always give you, you know, any of that information, too. But um, it is really, really helpful. So and sometimes even if it's just you just have lots of questions, you need answers, you know, like right. that is that happens a lot. There's a lot of questions. So um, don't, you know, don't hesitate. We don't want you to wander around going, oh, my God, what am I doing here? So it's really helpful. Absolutely. Okay. So our breastfeeding tip of the week. Um, this is a, the question I, co- I posed about partners. And this one, co- or supports, breastfeeding support. 
Um, and this comes from So Happy S E W. I guess she likes to sew. <laughs> so Happy Dolan, D O L A N 3. And she says, um, I'm saying she, I'm just assuming I can say they. Um, they say, my, and this is like when I posted this, and I could say that the most common answer to this, who was your biggest support and what did they, what did they do? Um, the biggest, most common answer was the partner, mm. which I'm happy to hear about. That is really yeah. cool. Um, so the answer, they answered my husband. He went to classes with me and was 100% supportive and kept up. He changed every single diaper in the hospital since I had a C-section, couldn't easily get out of bed too much. He insisted I take walks alone and take a break. He made sure I had water, snacks, and anything and everything I needed. Full on massaged my engorged breasts for me because they hurt so bad and I had to hold my, had to hold up my baby. I mean, I wouldn't want to do this all without with anyone else. He absolutely supported me through breastfeeding and was instrumental in helping with a smooth weaning transition for both my son and I. I just love him so much. And uh, she mentioned somebody, Argentasia. I don't get frustrated with my husband often at all, but I too often think back on this and I have more patience and love and appreciate him that much more. Bravo to our wonderful husbands. So I like to hear that these partners are supportive because, you know, you often hear the opposite. And I love this because a lot of times you'll have moms, you know, like pregnant and partners saying, well, I can't do anything to help because I'm not the one breastfeeding. And a lot of times pregnant moms, like they'll come to class without the partner and be like, oh, well, I figured it's breastfeeding. He's not going to be able to help anyway. Like she just listed all sorts of things that the partners can do to help. Yeah, she just listed right. and it makes a huge difference it huge totally difference. does it makes really like all the difference mm-hmm. i mean why how you can't do this by yourself you wouldn't be doing any other part of it well i mean you often do we often do all this by ourselves, and it's horrible yeah why are we doing it like you don't just assume because you're not the one that the baby's latching onto that you don't have anything to do with it that's part it's parenting breastfeeding is parenting right you're a part of it thank you so happy Yes. It's awesome. It's an awesome tip of the week. Okay. So. So, yes. So you would imagine that if you maybe you if you are somebody with a smaller storage capacity that your baby's feeding a little bit more frequently and maybe when you pump, you're getting less milk. Right. Wouldn't that make sense? You get a little bit less milk. And then Mm -hmm. those people that are have a higher storage capacity are pumping more milk. So mm-hmm. when you see people on Facebook or whatever saying, oh, yeah, I can pump this much or, oh, you only pumped an ounce. Well, that's not OK. Yeah, you that's should, not right. Right. Why, why aren't you pumping more than that? You must not have a very high milk supply. Maybe you just have a smaller storage capacity. Right. And you have to pump more often, which sucks for you, but it doesn't mean you have a milk supply problem. Right. So stop blaming yourself. It has nothing to do with that. Now, the amount of... Um, misinformation that's out there sometimes is just mind-boggling to me. And I know that people try to help, but some of these like mom groups and, and, you know, Facebook groups and things like that, some of the information that is going around is just so wrong. There's some bad information. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That's really bad. So somebody texted me, let me see if I can find it, a post the other day. And she was like, 
Um, this is why stuff like it's posts like this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, give me a freaking break. You got to be kidding me. Um, I don't know what the question was. I think the question was like how much milk to leave if you're, you know, going back to work and your baby needs a bottle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people were, you know, giving answers. And um, somebody actually said pumping more than two ounces is an oversupply. And I was like, who's saying that? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. You know, like to kind of label everything is really a disservice to breastfeeding moms and for mothers to go out there and go, Oh, well I'm pumping this much. So it must not be enough. Or I'm pumping this much. So it must be too much. Yes. There is something as such a thing as oversupply, but we don't label it by, Oh, you pumped two ounces. Then you have an oversupply. Like that (laughs) doesn't mean anything, you know, like that's ridiculous. So it's this kind of stuff that if you're getting information from somebody that doesn't know, or that maybe is just, you know, they breastfed themselves, which is can be very helpful, but they don't have the same experience as you. And I think that's really no. important to remember. And I think people think that whatever's going on with them, with they're the center, you know, so whatever's going on with me is normal. And anything right. that that is different from that means something is wrong. Well, you pumped more than I do. That means you have an oversupply. You pumped less than me. That means that you have, you don't have enough milk. Right. You know, it's like, no, there's not you're not the center of this. Like there this is a this is a spectrum here. Breastfeeding was not based on that one person who was posting in that group right now. Right. Like, that is not that is not accurate. We need to remember that everybody is different. Every baby takes milk differently. Everybody is. And the other thing that I try to tell mothers too is babies feed the way they're supposed to when they're breastfeeding. Like they take the amount of milk that they want to. Yeah. So you might have a baby where they slept, a, you know, they took a four hour stretch overnight and maybe now they're going to take a little bit more milk and then the next feed, they're going to take a little bit less milk. That's normal. So sometimes when we do those weighed feeds, like maybe the baby will only take an ounce, ounce and a half. And the mom will be like, is that okay? I'm like, well, when did you feed them last? Oh, like an hour ago. Well, yeah, then that, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> you know, like you yeah. have to really kind of keep in mind, we don't eat the same every time we sit down to eat. Right. You know, just like you were saying earlier, some people eat three meals a day and that's it. Some people eat, you know, eight meals a day, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's different for everybody. It can be different every day too. Like it's different right. day to day. Your baby is going to be the same way. And that's why like when you only bottle feed, you are limiting, like you are giving your baby the same amount of milk every single feeding, every single day. And that is going to take away their ability to identify their own hunger cues and know when they want to eat and be able to control their own feeding. Right. Yeah. yeah it's kind of fascinating, actually. When you think about it. it is. And just watch your baby and don't freak out and interfere. Just watch them and get to know them. You'll learn about them by watching what they do. Yeah. And you don't judge it. You watch it like, you know, with a completely judgment free, like, oh, that's what they're doing. Interesting. Nice to know you. I mean, there's a lot more to this to this stuff than just like, oh, the baby's still hungry. Well, then I just I just don't, I guess I'm just not making enough milk. Yeah. That's like a very, very rare situation yeah. where you're not making actually literally not making enough milk. That's so extremely rare. You know, one of the things that we when I was first starting to learn about um breastfeeding and first getting into this and doing my whole, you know, 
becoming a lactation consultant thing in my, my education, we would talk about how looking at the family line, right? Like if your sister breastfed well, if your mother breastfed well, if I you know, like if there's nothing in your family history to make it seem like, you know, you're not going to breastfeed well, we kind of look at that. And I grew to realize that some generations, especially like the mothers that I'm dealing with now, a lot of their mothers did not breastfeed. And, yeah. or they tried, but they said they just didn't make enough milk. But that was also an era where there wasn't any help and there was a lot of misconception, you know? So it's like, how do we know that they really didn't breastfeed well? You know, I mean, we just, we don't know that. I mean, like my mother told me that too. Oh, well, you know, I wasn't able to produce enough, so you probably won't be able to either. It's mm-hmm. like, but how do you really know that? We don't mm-hmm. really know that. Did you give it a chance? No, probably not. So, and didn't have the right of. Did you have any help? Didn't you know. have any help? Yeah. Right. Like it just, it was a totally different era. So we can't really go by that. Right. So if, you know, if somebody tells you in your family, oh, well, you know, my mom couldn't breastfeed either. My mom said she didn't make enough milk. So maybe I won't be able to either. That might not really be what happened. It's probably not what happened. Yeah. So it's not as common as not do, think. And don't go and tell her that like, you know, she's wrong. But. <laughs> It's probably, but there's probably more, you know, to the story that like, you know, maybe she doesn't even know because this is like, was not a conversation that was happening. Right. And a lot of that is the newborn behaviors, you know, like our, our review of the week said, baby was just being a baby and everybody's like, oh no, they're hungry. Oh, that's just a normal newborn behavior. They're fussy sometimes. Yeah. We blame babies for so many things. It's like, you can like, as much as stuff is like, we'll blame Obama for like babies are just like people like really hate babies it's like everything is their fault like because we can't control and they them. don't even know you can't control them and they can't change what they're doing and and it's they're, they're so confusing and they're so weird and you know but you know you don't don't be freaked out i mean you're gonna i was totally freaked out by my newborns um but you know just try to look at it judgment free and just learn about them and not like you're doing that wrong and you're doing that wrong and you're not supposed to be doing that and you're like they're just doing they're like the only people on this planet that can't control anything. Right. They're literally just doing the only thing they know how to do. Like if your baby is doing it, you can be pretty much sure that it's the right thing cuz they're just a baby. They're they can't like totally can't. going on instinct. Yeah. They're totally going on instinct. So it's yep. yep, so it's okay. So storage capacity, check out the website for the cool info because you will love it. It the um infographic that we're putting up really is a great way to gauge what your what might be going on with your storage capacity um if you have questions you can reach out to us but i hope this really helped a lot of people because it it can be a huge eye-opener it really can yeah so so that's it thanks for listening thank you Bye. bye